Welcome to the Sales Acceleration Podcast, where B2B leaders talk about real problems and real solutions across the areas of demand generation, sales, and sales operations. I'm your host, Gabe Larson. Let's get at it. Welcome, everybody, to the Sales Acceleration Podcast. Happy Father's Day for those of you who uh, had a great day out there. I know I did. Um, Today, we're going to be talking to a guest uh, that was referred actually by multiple other guests. Um, uh, This gentleman is uh, author and CEO of Selling, well, author, but also the founder and CEO of Selling to Zebras, Jeff Kozer. Jeff, how the heck are you? Hey, Gabe. I'm great. How are you? Oh, good, man. It's been a great weekend. I'm ready to get going for another week here. Um, I think this will be a good one. As I mentioned, um, you must have a lot of friends out there or maybe just a lot of fans. Um, We've talked about the idea of selling to zebras on the show multiple times, and it's fun to finally uh, have you on board. Can you tell us just real quick, I want to get into the topic of selling to zebras, but um, can you tell the audience just briefly about yourself and some of the things you guys do over there at uh, at Selling to Zebras? Sure. We we actually help people live this, the Selling to Zebras ideas. Um, we have software that guides them on how to do that. So it, it's really a platform that you can present from, which is what makes it unique. Um, we sort of say we have a stamp out CRM logo, which, which is meant to be controversial and not literal, um, because we partner like you do with Salesforce and Microsoft dynamics and others. Um, but the reason we say stamp out CRM is because salespeople don't like it. Um, it's, <laughs> right. No, no, uh, no hiding that. Huh? You just came right out and said it. People just don't well, like it. <laughs> well, it's right because it helps management. It, it keeps it helps management keep track of us. Right. I mean, so we don't like that. Yeah. And, 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 and it, it's very useful. It's necessary. It's it's here to stay because because we want to track activity and know where we are as organizations and have a logical go to market. But we also need something that actually helps us sell, and and that's where we come in. Perfect. Um, yeah, I'm excited to to dive into the book. So so um, obviously you've been doing this for some time now. Um, you know, selling to zebras uh, outside of outside of business or outside of uh, uh, you're, you're consulting and you're speaking, et cetera. Anything unique about yourself or uh, fun for the audience to know? Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know if this is fun, but it's related to a, <laughs> a funny story. I, I, I've been a runner for a long time, you know, back when I probably before Forrest Gump, right? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, and, uh, uh, so I always, I always pack my running shoes and, and, uh, I went to a meeting one time where I had to do a presentation and uh, I was traveling the day before, and, and the day of, I realized I didn't know this beforehand, but I didn't have any business shoes along. <laughs> so I had to wear my running shoes to do my presentation, which uh, which was which was a joke on me. It was fun. <laughs> it was light. It certainly broke the ice. You know, you, you could probably do it again to break the ice, although it wouldn't be as good if it was contrived, right? That's right. That's right. I think people appreciate the authenticity. Um, they can sometimes see through that. That actually just happened to a colleague of mine on – we went to a meeting uh, actually Saturday morning for all days, but it was kind of an off-site with a, a group near here. And – um, he, uh, 
yeah, he totally forgot. He didn't have any shoes, so we had to quickly run over to Ross and um, grab some grab <laughs> grab some shoes. So he at least yep. did show up. So you weren't you weren't not the only one who's run into that situation. Um, yep. So let's get into the topic of you know selling to zebras. Um, I I love the idea of you know certainly there's a lot of i mean i i don't know if you use the word old school but that idea of old school sales with it is just activity 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 and it's not really about targeting the right people at the right time and you bring in some fun analogies you obviously have kind of a story you bring in some animal characters this lion concept um can you tell us I'm, I'm probably ruining the overview, but can you tell us a little bit about how you started to develop this idea and then what is the concept of selling to zebras? Well, interestingly, it was, it was to survive. Um, so I, I joined uh, an ERP software company called Bond, B-A-A-N. Bond still exists. They're they're now owned by Infor Corporation, which um, they they bought up a lot of uh, different uh, ERP, CRM, um, different supply chain. You know, they've they've bought up a lot of different companies and turned them into uh, helpful solutions for organizations around the world. But anyway, when I joined Bond, we had uh, Two customers in the U.S. They were headquartered in the Netherlands. This is ERP, so it's a it's a bet your business decision, right? When you buy it, so it's not a small decision. And our two customers that uh, I had as as uh, the backdrop for the U.S. were suing Bond. <laughs> so, is that so right? was, it was is that right? So you you might you might say, Jeff, then why did you join them? Well, they, they had a great solution that would fit certain companies, but but not not all certainly not all manufacturers. In fact, it was a pretty small percentage of the manufacturers. So what we did was we figured out where does it bring uncompromising value? What what problems? What business problems does it solve that that would turn people's heads? Even if they you know was as a company headquartered outside the U.S. and there weren't any customers here, and that's what we did. Uh, we as a team. The first group, I was the fifth person hired here. We developed the Bond Zebra, and that's who we pursued. And oh, uh, when I left five years later, we had uh, we were three quarters of a billion. We had six thousand people, so obviously something worked. <laughs> wow! Well, um, interesting story. So you lived it, um, had to kind of live it, and then decided to put the book just at the pen to paper and, and get rocking and rolling. I did live it. Um, interestingly enough, though, I, I did it for a bunch of companies as a business after that. And uh, when uh, when I first wrote the book, um, all the different companies that I'd been working with basically said, why did you write this just about us? I mean, don't you have any experience with other companies? <laughs> because they, they all had the same issues. Right, so right, right. They, they all thought it was just about them. <laughs> But, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, with what we do, what we experience, there is a lot of similarities between, obviously, all the people that do business. So um, for those that don't know it, can you give that brief overview as to, I mean, you've, you've, I think you've set it up, but what, what is this idea of selling to zebras um, in a little more detail? So a zebra is your perfect customer. And... The idea is that you define what perfection looks like, and then you measure everything else against it, and and you can actually score it. Uh, 
and you divide your deal into the seven attributes that makes up every deal. And there's a magic to the number seven. Um, you know, there's seven dwarfs, there's seven wonders of the world. There's seven is the most often picked lucky number. So there's seven attributes to your zebra. And, and a zebra is, is called a zebra because when you look at one, even a three-year-old knows what they're looking at. It's just that identifiable. It's just as easy to spot. And your best prospects and your best customers should be just as easily identifiable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and why don't, why do you feel like people don't do this? Um, I mean, it seems like it's kind of a, I mean, it's not an obvious thing, but why aren't more people you know, tar- targeting and going after these the, the zebras or these kind of optimal customers? Well, well, two reasons, I think. I mean, you know, as you know, targeting is nothing new. I mean, you know, uh, strategic selling said you should do it. And I think strategic selling was written, what, 40 years ago now, right? <laughs> so close, this is pretty close. Yeah. So these are not new concepts, right? So I, I think it's because it, it's never been made easy. And that, that's one of the things we do. I mean, we the seven attributes, you score them from zero to four. They go from red, yellow to green, so it, it's visual. It shows you where you are. You can do it in a, on an iPhone. You can do it in about a minute, and it shows you where you're strong and where you, where you have holes in your deal, and you can then talk about it You know, company-wide. Everybody understands what it is. So it's not a new concept. We just tried to make it easy. And, and, and the second thing is if you ask someone, what business problem do you solve? Try it sometime on your show, Gabe, when you when you interview somebody. Mm. Ask them what business problem they solve. What do they immediately do? They, they immediately launch into talking about their product. But that's mm. not why power bought from them or why power buys. What, what problem do you solve in the eyes of power? The person who can buy even without a budget is different than what your product is and does. So you have to figure that out. And the best way to do that is through an exercise called voice of the customer, mm. which also is not new, right? So, you know, what the customer says is the solution and the reason they bought isn't new, but getting to power and asking that question is a little tricky because most of our customer relationships, even, even the better customers, the relationship is at a middle manager level. So even if we once sold it and got approval at power, the relationship no longer is at power and we usually settle in at the middle manager level. So when we try to go figure this out, we have to figure out a way to get back to the original person that said yes, or the original uh, power source, if you will, that said yes and why they bought. And those reasons are always different than why middle managers use or like, or even love your product. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all resonate with that. Are you, you, you end up selling, you finally get to a decision maker to, to get the sign off or get to that right person to get the deal done. And somehow a few months later, very soon after, potentially immediately after, you're dealing with the, the IT or you're dealing with the manager or some mid-level person. Um, I'll be interested to hear how, how you recommend kind of get o- getting over that. So is so that's a little bit about selling to zebras. Um, 
the genesis of it and the overview. So you talked specifically about finding kind of these target audience, solving big problems, and you've gotten a little bit into the methodology, but maybe you can just dub- double click on that a little bit more. As you as you think about working with organizations, what is the, the key way that you, you actually identify these key these key attributes? What's the exercise or the thing that people need to be thinking about in order to really get to their zebras in their organizations? So what we prescribe is that you take recent deals. So if if you um, if you're a startup, you'd take three recent wins. If you're a division of a larger company, same thing. Take three recent wins, and then go through the exercise of of defining the the type of company, the type of of uh, of cultural fit. And, and there's ways of doing that, and, and we we outline those. We we also produced a, an ebook called Build Your Zebra, and that's free on our website. So it it shares with you how you do that. So it's not just the demographics, you know, their size, their location. It's 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 truly how and why they buy. The second thing is organizational. So what are the, what do the organizations look like in terms of operations? What business problem do you solve? Like we were talking about a moment ago. And these are in strategic order. The, the third one is power. Who who is who signs off? So you and I both know that no deal happens today without many people weighing in and reviewing the solution. But ultimately, somebody's got to sign off. They can say no. So that's the person that we want to know why they buy. That's power, and that one's third. And when you score these, the reason it goes so fast is because you score the first three. And if you're not at power, if you're in the yellow or in the red, you don't score the other things, which are funding, value, technology, and service. You don't score those because if you're not at power, it doesn't matter what other people think. So you don't do that just yet till you get to power then you score them now you know where you really where you really sit with this deal again like we said before where the holes are and you can strategize around that got it so you so you have you have seven i think you mentioned this where you have the seven attributes that you typically need to be looking at and and you actually try to score them now power um it sounds like is an interesting one because obviously you're talking to the wrong person you're just going down kind of the wrong rabbit hole but the question That's is, right. how do you, I mean, oftentimes, especially in, in kind of an account-based or strategic model, I'm dealing with, you know, I might be dealing with three or four people as part of that buying group. You know, it might be I'm selling into sales, so I've got a, I've got a director of operations, but I've got an SVP of sales, and I've got a dir- director of sales. I've got a few different people. How does power fit into someone like uh, that may be an influencer or more of a champion that... Um, that you maybe should be talking to, but not for the reason of power, but for the reason of fact finding or information or consensus building, et cetera. Any thoughts on that? Of course. I mean, that's what I, that's what I think about, uh, you know, practically all the time. Um, <laughs> it's, I would say 24 seven, but I have a life, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't say that. We'll, we'll feel bad for you. <laughs> so, so yes, the, the the power is general. The reason that so let me back up. So power is generally something at a higher level as to why they bought. So we talked about that. So in your case with inside sales, for example, you're 
definitely going to deal with sales operations. It's going to be an SVP of sales. It, it, it might be, um, well, those two constituencies, I'm sure, are always powerful. involved. Yeah, that's those are two pretty powerful personas for us, correct? Yeah, so same, same for us. Um, but power is the person who would make a decision on a change in the go-to-market. So go-to-market is not a small thing. There's there's a lot of change management involved in something like that. What would be the business reason that they would make a shift like that with as much change management as they would know that would reap upon the organization? Well, that's what you have to figure out through the voice of the customer. And then you have to target that messaging. And when people hear, oh, you have to meet with power, well, that doesn't have to be a formal meeting. You don't have to go in for an hour, 90-minute presentation. That can be a 15-minute conversation. And all you're really trying to do is confirm that if you can solve these problems, which you believe they have because you did your homework, and they will bless you talking to that SVP of sales or that that uh, chief revenue officer or that VP of sales operations, that's all you're asking for is just bless it. Mm-hmm. And bring a preliminary business case when you do that, because what they want to know is what's the prescribed value or the hypothetical value of solving these problems and then have a process for proving it. So we literally say, bring a preliminary business case, position it, present it. It's based on what you've done for your other customers because you know what, how to do voice of the customer and then say, hey, is this interesting enough to pursue together? And then get permission to go talk with the other individuals who will be very influential, may even really make the decision for the company. But now you've greased the skids where you not only have position to power in a, in a very short conversational type of meeting, but what you'd like to do inside the organization, but you also at the end of that meeting ask for permission to come back and say, look, if I can verify this business case, getting agreement from the people you trust Will you meet with me again to see the results that we produce together? Because when I come back, I'll produce a collaboratively generated business case that we'll pre- I'll present together with your people. And if we can't enthusiastically position how much value we can create, I won't come back. Yeah. See, so you, mm, so it, it is all about getting to that value. So first and foremost, you you get your target audience. You know these zebras identified, and you use these seven seven, uh, you know, attributes or things to score them. And I want to come back to that in just a minute. But then number two, when you've identified them, you've got to, you've got to get to this place of, um, you call it voice of the customer, where you really understand what problem you are solving so that you can message to that audience correctly. And then once you're, once you're in, it's about creating this value gap or this value, uh, assessment, whether it's yourself or with the client, so that you can be getting really talking their language and get ROI. I, at a high level, my understanding, kind of those three areas are the the keys to working and really working this process appropriately. You are actually you stated it right. The the process of of building the business case is a gap analysis because, you know, like we talked about before, um, targeting isn't new. Even building a business case or ROI isn't new. So how, what is new there is you gap it. 
and you you literally give them credit for the the way that they've solved it in the past because I'm sure they have something in place that helps them with targeting. I'm sure they have some type of ROI mechanism. But how do you figure out what's the gap between the way they do it today and what best practice might look like for their business and their industry? And then you quantify just that. Yeah, I, and that I, is magic. Yeah, I love that. And the problem with that is you. Stuff like that takes time. Um, do you feel like that? Um, do you, I mean, and, and it's actually a lot of value to a customer to give them kind of a current state, a future state, a gap, and potentially if they fill that gap, the the value or the ROI they could experience. Do you do you recommend companies um, run this portion, uh, you know, pro, pro bono, so to say, free of charge, or do you actually run charge people for for the exercise of kind of giving this this little business plan or blueprint to, to the prospect? Well, that's, that's a great question. We, we have experts that work with us. So, um, you know, when you were talking with Dave Wallace, um, I don't know, a couple months ago, he, he mentioned, yeah. So, so Dave is one of our experts. So we, we, in our book, we give you all of our secret sauce or we tried to, um, our publishers made us pull a hundred pages out by the way, a <laughs> hundred pages. You're kidding <laughs> Holy cow. Well, they, I'm looking at the book right now. I'm like, this is already thick. 100 pages. That's a lot of meat. That's not milk. Yeah, it's only, <laughs> it's only a couple hundred. But our, our book is easy to read. You know, you spawn two, three things I wanted to say about that, but I won't because we're limited <laughs> on time. But, but, but the whole, but the whole uh, idea is that we've actually created an ability for other entrepreneurs to build a business around our solution to come in and. And we teach them how to build zebras. We teach them how to do voice to the customer and help their customers build out this tool set, put it in our software. And and our whole gift to this whole thing is that we make it easy to use and a seller actually works right from our software. Mm. So they get guided through this. So it's uh. it's easy to follow. It's easy to do. Much easier than it than I can make it sound here just <laughs> chatting with you. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not as easy. But I think the process obviously resonates with a lot of people. I know we're getting a little short on time here, but a couple follow-ups on this. So um, I like this idea of the value. Um, I, I think that second part that I, that I discussed around, uh, you know, your point on the voice of the customer really determining what problem do you solve. I mean, man, I've just been finding, Jeff, that um, it's so, so important for organizations to figure out this story. And I know in your book you kind of go with the hero approach and actually design it more of a story. But organizations just don't really know how to tell their story. I mean, we get caught up in the technology. We get caught up in the tacticalities of it. But your messaging, your purpose, your story, your vision – so much meat there. How do you help people kind of recognize that voice of the customer and bring that to fruition? So that, uh, again, another, another great question. Um, so uh, let me just share with you how we cue it up in the book. So, so the first thing we do in the book is we talk about this void, which is the fact that, that companies waste all their time you know, 85% of the time they're, they're spending time with prospects that aren't going to buy. So that causes people to go on a quest. That's that hero thing. So is there something that could help me? The next thing is the treasure. And that's what you and I were talking about a moment ago where, you know, everybody thinks their product is, 
is 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 the hero, if you will. But you want to make the buyer the hero. So that's we make Kurt the hero in our book, and he's helped by a master called Kent Clark. You know, not Clark Kent, Kent Clark on purpose. You know, we call it that. A little bit playful. He has to master it. And then the healed land, that's the last element of the hero method. And the healed land is the world is a better place because people are selling only to buyers that really need them based on business problems that they know they have. So they've done their homework. Yeah. They're not wasting anybody's time. They're not obnoxious, pushy salespeople like, like we think of when we think of uh, like the car salesman. So, for example, but when you when you use a playful method like we did in the book, you can only go so deep or it's going to get boring. For example, the most boring chapter in our book is chapter five. <laughs> you know <laughs> which is the to, most boring? Oh, man, that's not good. <laughs> and, I, and I wrote it, right, with my son, you know. But last through chapter five because it's got some finance stuff. But now, now to my second point. So we don't go into depth on how to do the voice of the customer in the book. But we did write an ebook that's free out there called voice of the customer and that's out on our website too but i but i gotta tell you that's it's 18 19 pages and it's it's pretty detailed but it really tells you tricks for doing it and it and it's really good but it's not fun read like selling to zebras interesting um well we'll make sure we put a, a link to that in in the show notes so um so much more to talk about jeff we might have to have you back on to kind of dive a little deeper into some of these areas i'm definitely going to grab the ebook wanted to experience this in a little more detail i'm a tactical guy so i always appreciate when people go tactical i'm looking forward to the boring chapters um uh is <laughs> you kind of summarize this or or, or take away for, think about the audience any kind of last words of wisdom or thing you'd want them to put in their back pocket as they go about their daily activities as sales and marketing and operations leaders so our our goals are pretty lofty gabe and this may not happen until i'm you know long gone but we literally want to change the way the world sells so what we say is sell the way buyers want to buy make it a quest take them on a journey and don't try to sell to only sell to those individuals that have the problem you solve and that you verify they actually want to solve it. Mm. And that will make the world a better place. I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Jeff, or experience a little more about um, selling to zebras, where where can they go? Sellingtozebras.com is the best place. There's there's so many ways to contact me. I'm not hard to find. <laughs> yeah, good to know. I'm looking at your LinkedIn. Yeah, you can find, all, find him all over the web. So, Jeff, uh, really appreciate it. Interesting content about selling to Zebra's target audience, building value, this voice of the customer. Excited to kind of go round two with you potentially here sooner rather than later. Um, so for the audience, thanks so much for joining, and let's get at it. 